The following program is proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. Being a HSC student can be stressful. It can be extremely humbling and time-consuming. It takes a lot of self-discipline, energy, patience and persistence. Particularly in such a time where many people advance in their taste, physiology and maturity, it can all seem like too much to bear. The crushing weight of expectations can be paralyzing. Stop for one second. Breathe. Realize that this is just the start of your journey. Pace yourself and know this. The milestones that matter are in the lessons that decorate the mind and not the certificates that decorate the walls. The experience has much more to give you than any mark. The journey is often more fruitful than the destination. So join us as we trek together on a journey beyond the ATAR. Burnout is a broad topic and connects so many people's high school journeys together. Burnout is so influential that for many, it is woven into the very fabric of their high school experience. The HSC is an especially trying time. And even within the same classroom, you can have dozens of vastly different narratives, different factors and circumstances, different goals and support systems, different outcomes and takeaways. The following discussion was originally part two of the burnout conversation, the original finale. However, the conversation branched out into many directions. Amid this discussion is some very honest advice for HSC students as growing individuals and not just as students. So as a finale to the series, we give you the union of three perspectives to display how the human experience can differ between members of the same cohort. Today I'm joined by two HSC graduates. Um, the first one that I'm going to introduce for today is Aya. Aya, how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, thank you for asking. Now Aya, do you want to share with us a little bit about your career, your studies? I'm 20 years old. I graduated in 2020. Um, I'm currently studying my Bachelor of Education um, to do high school teaching, English inshallah. And I'm also working as a learning support officer, uh, helping English students who require a bit more assistance with their work. Excellent. So our second uh, HSC graduate for today is Dana. Dana, how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah. And uh, Dana, would you like to tell us a little bit about your studies and your career? Okay, so um, right now I'm studying in the science field with a focus on chemistry. As for my career, I teach in the religion department. I've also graduated in 2020, like Aya, and I'm 21 years old. Excellent. So our topic for today is burnout. I can imagine a lot of students go through burnout. And what I learned recently, actually, is that the range of students that go through burnout is quite large. So it's not necessarily those who um, consistently overwork themselves or those who were not as high achievers as everyone else in their class. So the range is pretty big. So I want us all to reflect on our experience with burnout and maybe give a voice to those students who were in a similar situation to us. So my first question for today, I want you each to give your own definition of burnout. So when you hear the word burnout, what's the first thing that comes to mind? And um, was it common amongst the individuals that you currently know or you have previously known when you were in high school? And I think I'll start with Dana. Okay, so when I think of the word burnout, the way I would define it in a way that resonates with me personally is that it's when you overwork yourself so much that you sort of can't find the motivation to work any harder, if that makes any sense. And 
Um, if I could look at the students in my grade um, during our schooling years, I could definitely say that burnout was common. Apparently our grade in particular was one of the highest achievers in the history of the school. So it wouldn't be, um, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to know that many of the students were burnt out. Why do you say that there's a correlation between high achievers and burnout? There is a difference between working harder and working smarter, but I feel like a lot of the students in our grade worked harder instead of working smarter. So what, what I mean is that they would... Uh, sort of spend a lot of their time studying hard without actually using any strategies to um, help their mental situation or even their physical situation. And as a result, um, that would end up with them being burnt out. But that being said, there is a difference between working harder and smarter, like I said. And working smarter, you know, a person could utilise a lot of uh, strategies that could assist their mental health, their physical health, so that they're not being badly affected while they're studying and aiming to achieve high. Yes, excellent. And uh, what about you, Aya? What would your definition of burnout be? Um, I agree with a lot of what Lana said. And when I think of the word burnout, what first comes to mind is mental exhaustion. And I think um, it does directly relate with the working harder versus working smarter notion. Because I think it's true that a lot of people in our grade, myself included, we prioritised studying, but without really understanding what that entails because there are so many studying techniques, but not every technique is going to suit you. Mm. And that was something I struggled with a lot because I wasn't sure, you know, I would try all these different methods and I wouldn't find the same results other people did or I wouldn't feel like it suit me or my lifestyle or my day-to-day, like, activities that I had. So a lot of the time you would be stressed being like, okay, I have this, this much time after school to study And then I have to sleep because then the next day I'm going to be too tired at school to do this exam I have or this learning task I have. So you would have this amount of time. And instead of prioritizing how to break down the tasks, it would just be an overload of information at once. Mm. And either way, you would go to school exhausted. It was like a spillover effect until you come to the end of it and you're just done. Like we had a lot of support in this area, but it's still hard to find what suits each individual student because as much support as can be given it's hard to go to each student one-on-one and see and be like okay this isn't working what could work I had just felt so defeated at that point so it was hard to go and seek out that help as well even though there was accessibility to it or to some form of it so I think it's just a lot of spillover effect that just leads to this mental exhaustion toward the end. It's very true you both of your answers could be kind of combined in the sense that Dana mentioned that it's a lot of working harder and focusing too much on how much you're actually doing instead of the quality of the studying that you're doing. And what Aya said about the spillover, because you constantly feel like you're catching your breath, you're just trying to catch up to whatever it is that you missed out on, putting those together, I think, leads to a burnout towards the end. So I think together we all kind of experienced some level of burnout mm, and definitely. it is it is on a spectrum yeah 100%. Um, and I think some people will lean towards one end of it over the other one end where they work too hard and one end where they're not working enough and they're overwhelmed by that workload yeah. so I think on both ends it's important to notice that you can identify as someone who is burnt out and not necessarily be the most hard-working person that you know I think also on that point There's a range of students and in our cohort, you would see a lot of students who were burnt out in different ways or different aspects. You would find that the burnout was affecting students differently and some students could still produce work and some students could function with this burnout and some students couldn't function. Some students, their glass ceiling was the burnout and they couldn't get past that. Like as soon as the burnout hit, that was it for them. And there were some students who could like persevere through it. And I think that also impacted a lot of our mental health, our exhaustion, the way that like when we got to the finish line, our whole outlook, it had impacted us all very differently. But I can say definitely it impacted our whole cohort. Every single person had their own version of burnout. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's important to notice, as we said, that it is on a spectrum. So there are different reasons why someone would be affected by burnout. So can you tell us, Dana, in your experience, uh, why were you so hit by burnout? So I guess um, 
what really affected me with burnout was all of the events that I went through in that year. So to tell you a little bit about it, I got really sick for one week at the beginning of year 12 and then the next week my grandfather got sick and he passed away. So I was actually away from school for two weeks and during that time I had so many assessments due, I think I had five. So by the time I got back to school I needed to get extensions for everything and I mean because everything's piled up you know you're not going to be able to perform to your best ability so from that time and on I've just been completely burnt out because I found since I missed two weeks of school completely without a day um, I would always have to be catching up I'm always I'm always missing out on things I'm always catching up on information on assignments on exams learning tasks so as a result by the time you tour finished I was completely burnt out and it wasn't just the events that happened but it's also how it affected my mental health during the time I found that because I was so flooded with work I just didn't know where to go anymore I didn't really know how to express that to anybody because back in year 12 I, I was also very closed up I was very anxious you know very shy and I, I knew that there's access to to help I know that there's help at the school but subhanallah it just I just never found it in myself to go and seek help. And as a result, I kept it all within me. And that's what also led to my burnout. I think we're going to be touching on some of the things that help us overcome burnout. And one of them is using the resources that you have, using the support systems that are in place for you, um, because it does help to just admit out loud to someone, I can't do this by myself. These people that care about you, they will be there to assist you. That's what they're there for. And Frankly, I found in my experience, people are happy to assist you, especially the people that have such a vested interest in your HSC and the outcome of your HSC. They are so willing to offer whatever support that they can to help you get through it because a lot of people understand, even if they haven't been through it themselves, that it is a hard time. So uh, thank you for sharing your experience. And um, Aya, what about you? Why did you experience burnout? No, I agree with a lot of what Dana said because... When you're struggling mentally with the influx of work, the change in like routine, your studying habits are changing, you're learning all of this information at once, your whole routine changes drastically from just from year 10 to year 11. And already in year 10, you experience your first exposure into this like highly academically challenging routine Mm. because you're like trying your best to make it to the next step. But just going from year 10 to year 11, again, there's another jump. And year 11 to year 12, there's another jump. Mm. And so trying to deal with so much change, especially if change is something you're apprehensive about, which was something that I experienced a lot when I was younger, Mm. you can't keep up with it. You're getting used to one thing. And as soon as you get used to it, you've already got to get used to something else. Mm. Or you're just constantly like falling behind in whatever aspect it could be. And it becomes very draining. And like Dana said, there was support around, but at the same time, you're just a young child dealing with all of these things and you feel like, okay, well, I'm already lagging behind in this and this subject. I don't have time to go and seek help for this thing that's bothering me. You're like, I'll deal with this later. I'll deal with this later. You never have time to deal with that because you're just like trying your best to catch up with like the stage six requirements. And it becomes so mentally challenging to be like, I just need to prioritise one day where I'm just focusing on how to make myself feel better and that will actually help my studies but I don't have one day to do this. So it's just like a conflict of these two things that actually should work hand in hand and I think by the end of year 12 and then transitioning into university is where you find that, hopefully. That's where I found that. It's true. I mean, look, for a lot of students that, for example... There's a huge gap between them and their siblings and their siblings did the HSC before them. They entered uni before them. Um, Or maybe they don't have older siblings. They're the eldest or they're the only child. They don't really have someone on a personal level that they can speak to about everything that goes on, what to expect. I mean, that was my experience. Yeah. So when you don't have that and you also, in my experience, and you also go to a school where there isn't, stage six, year 11 and 12. So you don't really hear about a lot of the terminology. You don't hear a lot about the systems, what to expect in HSC, all of these new terms, all of these things that you're expected to do in terms of um, applying for universities, the subjects that scale better than others and why, all of these things, they're foreign to you. And when you get thrown into that environment, it feels like everyone around you knows so much about the HSC and what to expect and what to do that it's not even just about Am I studying the content? It's more about, can I do HSC as a whole? Because there's so much to get used to. 
that I think that's also a cause for burnout and something that's not really um, acknowledged by a lot of people or even consciously thought about by the people that experience it themselves. Yeah. So um, I wanted to share my own experience, something that happened to me. Yeah. Um, and I hope that uh, someone out there that's listening to this maybe finds a bit of solace in that, that you're not the only person that experienced that and you will get through it, especially if you are able to establish relationships with the people in your cohort. Uh, you'll realise that a lot of you are figuring it out together. A lot of the people that I was close with at the time, a lot of them were the eldest in their families and I was the youngest. And while there is still pressure around the HSE, it was so different for them because they were going to be the poster child of HSE in their family. They set the benchmark. Exactly. And all of their siblings are going to follow this. And that is so much pressure to have your parents and then your younger siblings who are so far away from the HSE, having pressure from both sides, being like, okay, I need to do really well for my parents and I want to make them proud. And they don't have anyone to go to and ask for advice from because they're the first one. Mm. And then your younger siblings being like, and I want to set a good example for them. Mm. And I saw that in a lot of my friends and they were struggling with this at the time. And I empathized greatly with them. Like it wasn't my experience, but you could see the pressure of expectations like eating away at them. And it was really hard to see. But Alhamdulillah, I think in the end, our school supported us really well. I think we could all cross the finish line. As burnt out as we were, we got there and we got there together and you grow really close with your cohort, especially in that time, because you all rely on each other and offer whatever help you can. And as hard as it is to go through, it actually is a massive learning curve in your life. Yeah. I think without even meaning to, we had a lot of meaningful conversations where we started to understand each other's situations more. We started to understand that different people have different stresses and that our situation isn't the only difficult situation. I mean... Myself and you, Aya, we're the youngest in our family. And we did have, for example, pressure in a different sense. We had the pressure of people before us set the benchmark for us and we have to meet that expectation that is now on us. Mm. So there is pressure on both ends, but it's something that we never consciously thought about until we saw ourselves in the people that we cared about, that they were struggling as well on a different front. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. And uh, I hope that a lot of people out there uh, recognise that your cohort can be very comforting. Yes. It can be if you build that environment for it. And we're going to get to that. Uh, not just talking about the negatives and uh, having a I can't do this mindset. We're going to talk about that eventually because I do find that when you have just one person in your cohort that is motivating the rest it makes a huge difference. And we're going to talk about that later. But first, I want to get more specific about you as an individual. So we've experienced burnout. And we said that burnout is experienced on different levels and has different symptoms depending on the person and their situation. So uh, maybe, again, I'll start with Dana. What were your symptoms of burnout? If I'm going to speak in a comparative way, let's say when I began year 12 or year 11, I was really motivated. I was always working on time, finishing my work on time, assignments, everything. Then when it came to year 12 and all of those events happened, I always found that I was falling behind and I would always be extremely exhausted. I'd be so demotivated. Even if it came to the little things like during the weekend, getting up early and studying, I would just never find it within myself to do something like that. That being said, in year 11, I could do it in in a heartbeat, as they say. So in year 12, because, you know, that's when it started, I started to feel those things. So I said um, exhaustion, even sometimes like loss of appetite. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't find, I just wouldn't have an appetite during the time. And I'd be constantly stressed out. I'd be stressed out because I want to finish the work, but at the same time, I can't find it in myself to get up and do the work. Mm. And that, that would stress me out even more because I'm like, I know I have to do it, but I just can't do it. Yeah, I I think um, uh, another one would probably be that I became, I was already very shy, but I became even more shy in year 12, even more closed up. I would never express myself when it came to any problems I had. I'd keep it within me. Even like my parents were there for me, the school was there for me, but I just, subhanAllah, like I I would just never say anything. Um, Can I ask why? When you thought about reaching out initially, what is it that pulled you back? That's really interesting because, subhanAllah, the way I used to think of it before was if I tell this person, is their perspective on me going to change? So I used Mm -hmm. to be affected by the opinions of people a lot. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that I'm not affected at all. 
anymore. There is still to some extent, like I'm still affected by it, but it used to be so much more in the past. Yeah. So I would think if I told this teacher, then oh, they're going to have a different perspective on me. They're not going to think I'm a hard worker or they're going to think like, you know, why does she have all of these problems in her? Um, and I would just be, I would just be so shy. I just wouldn't want to say anything, even mm. to my own parents, because like you and Aya were saying before, um, how you, you sort of had to reach that benchmark that your older siblings set for you. Let's say in my family, I'm the middle child. My brother came before me. I sort of had the pressure on myself to perform even better than what he did. Mm. And so because I had that much pressure and I had to set an example for my younger sister, that was more of a reason for me just not to speak about anything anymore. Like, I wouldn't want to tell them, oh, you know, I don't feel motivated right now. I wouldn't want them to lose hope in me. I guess all of those things together led to me feeling burnt out. I can understand that from an external perspective, you see someone who is considered as a high achiever, who's considered hardworking, you wouldn't expect them to have the struggles that you have because you think about it, your struggles are what are holding you back. So for them to have similar struggles to you, it doesn't match up. In your head, Mm. you wouldn't expect a person to be enduring the same things that you're enduring or thinking the same thoughts that you have. There are lots of people that overcome adversity and I think... If anyone can take anything away from this, it's that when a person achieves something great, that's all well and good. But when you reflect on the adversities that they had to endure to get to that, it makes their achievement even greater. For anyone that they know themselves to be a high achiever or they know themselves to be hardworking or that they can achieve something great in HSC, don't ever think of your uh, adversities and the things that you have to persevere through as something that would taint your character or would taint your achievement in any way. In fact, it enhances it because it's it says to the people that are inspired by you, even with everything that was going on, you were able to persevere through it and achieve something great. And yeah. It's like what you were saying. It's not about the journey to the destination. Exactly. It's easy to do something good if there's nothing standing in your way. It's easy to accomplish things. But when there's something standing in your way and you still accomplish this thing, it's what makes it all the more... Fulfilling. Yeah, and admirable. Not yeah. because you're doing it for praise, but more in the sense of this person was going through one, two, three, four, and they still found a way. I can find a way. Like yeah. It's, yeah. And that doesn't, that's important that you mentioned it's not for praise because ultimately what's going to get you through it is not praise of other people. Mm. You're not going to be able to do it if it's solely for other people. Yeah. It has to come from you. You're the one that's going to work for your achievements. And other people praising you is not going to take away from your achievements and it's not going to increase your achievements either. You have to know your resilience. You have to know your bandwidth. And from that, you can accomplish great things. Dana, I wanted to ask, did you find that being branded at school as the top student and then at home wanting to set an example for your sister, make your parents and your older brother proud, do you feel like those expectations that people had of you really impacted your ability to reach out for help because of what you were saying earlier about not wanting other people to now start doubting you or to worry and then be like, oh, she was going to be our golden ticket. Like, did you find that? Definitely, 100%. Every time I would think of reaching out to someone, I know that almost everyone's opinion of me is what you said, top student or high achiever. And honestly, I got frustrated by the end of the HSC of being labelled as this kind of student. I didn't want to be labelled as that kind of student anymore. I just wanted to be labelled as a normal, as a normal everyday student, just like the rest of my cohort. I do think that I wasn't any different to my cohort. And now that I'm listening to other people's stories, it's making me even more sure of the fact that I wasn't the only one that went through these problems. And that sometimes just because you're labelled as something, it doesn't mean that there's nothing underneath or there's nothing that sort of hides behind that. So it was exhausting and it was frustrating for me. I, I actually didn't want to be called that anymore. And even by the end of my HSC, I started to lose hope um, about what my final result would be. And I started relying a lot on my early offers. Um, but that being said, you know, everything was finished by the end of the day. I knew that I did whatever I could do. And whatever was going to happen at the end, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen. So yeah. alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for asking her that. Thank I you th- for answering. Yeah. It's a very like it's a very honest and raw thing to say and to admit to or open up about, especially because it was something you struggled to talk about before. So yeah. just speaking about it now between us is a big thing. So yeah. thank you. I feel like a lot of the problems that young people go through, especially in the HSC, is that let's say if it comes to something emotional, is that they take a lot of criticism personally. 
Mm. And that's what hinders their, their growth and their development. Mm. So if you take someone's comment personally or someone's criticism personally, it's not going to help you sort of become better or improve yourself. Yeah. And that was the problem that I had, that I would take everything said to me on a personal basis. So the important thing is to take it very objectively and don't take everything that someone says to you as an attack because that's honestly going to hinder your growth really, really badly. And that's my advice to the current HSC students now. That's a, that's a beautiful yeah. piece of advice. Very true. I mean, it's something that I've seen time and time again, whether yeah. it was the people that I was giving advice to or the people that I was receiving advice from. I'd yeah. find that there's always a, a block. There's always a barrier between a person and the advice. Yeah. They always put themselves uh, and what a person thinks of them as a barrier between them and the advice to the point where, like you said, it becomes personal. But in fact, it's not personal. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the person that is advising you thinks that they're better than you, but it's more so that they think that you yourself can do better. I think following on from that and what Dana said, the HSC, senior year in general, it's such a competitive time in our lives. And during that period where around like 15, 16, turning 17, whatever it was, and at the time you're like, I'm so grown, but in reality, you're very young. Mm. You're still finding who you are. You're still understanding what your skill sets are. You're still understanding what makes you who you are or what you're good at and what you struggle with. And not being able to take advice, if that's not something you're good at and you can't separate it from being a personal thing and being something that, you know, this person is telling me to benefit me so that I can benefit myself. If you have that flaw within you, it's hard to overcome it. So you're not going to be able to take the advice on board. You're not going to be able to help yourself or to take the help that somebody is offering you and do something with it. And you're young. You're still trying to figure out, like, why does this thing bother me? And you don't have time to get to the root of the issue <laughs> when you're struggling with your HSE. Now growing up, having graduated three years ago, you look back on it and you reflect and you're like, OK, this was something that I took very personally because... HSC is so competitive. Half of your mindset is me and my cohort are a group and we're going to help each other. But at the same time, these are the people I'm competing against. Mm. So it's hard and you feel very conflicted because at times you're like, uh, this person advised me, oh, they think that they're better at this thing than I am. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that means they think they could do better than me. It can become very negative and it can become very unhealthy. Mm. If that is how you start your senior journey and that is what's rooted in your cohort it'll be very hard to undo all of that damage and to help each other across the finish line when it's needed when it counts mm -hmm. and what someone says or doesn't say about you or what someone thinks about you or what you think people think about you it really doesn't account to much some people are going to think whatever they want at the end of the day and some people are going to have judgments that you can't really control and they might only know a certain aspect of this thing and have a whole judgment around it and they could be lacking this whole other aspect of whatever you're struggling with or who you are or your pressures or your stresses. So you can't really put so much weight on it. Mm. You can't give it so much power over you because at the end of the day, you know yourself better than they know you. And when you're in HSC, you really don't know yourself all that well. You're kind of figuring out who you are. Yeah. Focus on you and... Try to have healthy competition. Mm. Try not to let it steer into being negative and being a toxic environment because it's not going to help anyone, yourself included. It's not going to help the students, the teachers that are trying to like keep everyone calm and collected. So I think you just need to focus on yourself, mm. help when you have something that could help someone and take help when somebody offers it to you. Amazing advice. And I think the takeaway from that is you have to have good character. Exactly. You really do. In HSC, you have to have good character. Having all of this work on you I understand is overwhelming, but it's not an excuse for you to put your character aside or to do things that are against your good values. Yeah. Because if you, for example, were to deceive your classmates so that they would score lower than you, or you were to withhold information from them, or you were to work independently of each other, you're going against the very basis of what HSC is exactly. and the way that it works. And it's not going to benefit any of you. And I advise, you said that there wasn't time for a person to sit there and think about why a certain thing bothers them why does criticism bother me why can't I take criticism in a constructive way yeah you have to make the time to think about that exactly. because you cannot wait until after the HSC when you claim that the HSC is something that you work so hard for and you care about it so much 
you can't wait until the end of it to recognize why you can't get past something as simple as constructive criticism. And so I advise everyone to work on their character, even in the midst of your HSC, even if you're at the end and you're walking into the HSC room, I ask you to reflect on yourself reflect on your manners, reflect on who have you hurt during this time because maybe you were feeling extra irritable because of all the anxiety, and it does happen. Tensions are high during HSC. But I ask everyone, even if you are about to walk into the exam room or walking out of your last exam, make sure that you make amends with everyone. You are ultimately a team. You went through so much together. For you to part ways with such negativity between you, It's not good for you, even if you never see those people again, because I promise you, years down the line, you will be thinking about the people that hurt you and the people that you hurt unless you are able to forgive them or ask for forgiveness. I'm so happy that we were able to cover the importance of developing your character, because that is part of the whole journey over destination, a point that we're trying to drive with this series. So thank you both so much. During the HSC or any time period in your life where you're facing a lot of pressures, is exactly the time when you should focus on your character because you only truly understand who you are when you're under pressure. Because when there are a lot of adversities in your way, a lot of pressures from every side, things aren't seeming to go your way, is when you find out who you truly are, what you hold in high esteem, your priorities, your values, your morals. If you are going to be the kind of person that will set aside all of these greatly important things like fundamental values or harm a friend just for a mark. It's the scariest thing. You figure out, you're like, oh, would I go to this extreme? Like, would I really set aside my values over this? And it kind of puts into perspective what really matters. And as important as the HSE is and your studies are and your academics, your character is more important mm. because your HSE, you're going to graduate, you're going to finish it, you're going to leave this chapter of your life and it won't have as much bearing as you think it does. Yeah on the next chapter in university, in adulthood, in whatever path you take. But who you are will stay with you. Mm. And if you're going to sabotage people or sabotage who you are as a person over this, you need to make the time to reflect with yourself, between yourself. And like you said, make amends if you had hurt people. And even if you never see them again, because you're going to live with the consequences of your actions. And you need to be more forgiving in this time. I agree exactly with what Aya was saying. Just to add um, something to that, which she was saying during the HSC is when you really need to find yourself and sort of discover your character. Um, I think what's really important is during your HSC, getting yourself involved with a hobby that's actually beneficial or surrounding yourself in an environment that's beneficial. And in our case, particularly, um, what I think is good is that during the HSC, we were attending, like, I'd say, religious lessons and things like that. And those kinds of lessons really teach a person about the sort of character that they should have as Muslims mm. from the, you know, the teachings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So I feel like um, surrounding yourself in an environment where you're constantly being reminded of what a good character is in our religion is really, really important. And so I think it does help shape the person that we are or the people that we are during and after the HSC. Not that we're never going to make mistakes, but at least we know um, we know the right from the wrong in that mm. sense. So and we know how to rectify it if we do go astray. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You have the ability to own up to these mistakes and mm. to take like a course of action. Exactly. And, you know, I find that we also learn a lot, not just from the uh, points that we're learning in those lessons, but from the character of the people that are teaching. Exactly. We learn a lot about humility, admitting when you're wrong, no matter what your position is, and learning, again, how to rectify those mistakes as well. So mixing with people that are good role models in yeah. general really, really, really helps build up your character. Yeah. And I think... It's one of the most effective ways to learn is to watch a good role model. And you did mention hobbies. Now, I actually wanted to ask you guys about hobbies. Um, if there were things that you enjoyed, uh, I'm not going to ask you to name them. If you would like to name them, you may. But uh, when it came to the things that you typically enjoyed, whether it was spending time with your family, going to certain places, doing certain things, did you find with burnout it kind of pulled you away from all of those things where you felt like if I were to do something that I like during HSC, when I'm supposed to be powering towards the end, I can't do it because it'll use up too much of my time and I won't have enough time for my studies. Did either of you experience something like that? Definitely. Like when I was in E12 and this is like in the midst of my burnout stage, I was given an opportunity that affected me and in a good way. So 
I I started learning Arabic, but like in in a lot of detail, and I really really enjoyed it. But the whole the whole point of me saying that is that whenever I was feeling stressed out during the HSC, I would just go to Arabic, and it wouldn't be for the whole time. It would be something that I could spend like let's say an hour on it. Uh, an hour on it, for example. Um, whenever I would spend time on it, it would sort of reduce my stress because I'm actually engaging in something that I enjoy. So as a result, whenever I would do this, and I guess I could kind of consider it a hobby because it's something that I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, engaging in that hobby reduced my stress a lot. It made me feel like I still had hope, you know, like let's say my teacher's teaching me this and I'm getting somewhere in it. There's still hope for me in the HSC. Mm. I'd feel happier, honestly. I'd feel happier, I'd feel less stressed out, I'd feel more carefree in that sense. Not in a bad way, but in the sense that the fact that life isn't all about um, HSC. Mm. There's other things to worry about in your life, it's other true. things to engage in in your life. So that hobby, like what you were saying, um, I think positively affected me during the HSC a lot. Did the HSC affect your hobby ever? I guess you could say that it did because there was a notable difference between when I started learning Arabic during and after my HSC. So it increased a lot after my HSC. I had to reduce the load that I was taking in order to have time to study. Because mm. if I was going to take more Arabic, let's say, than study for the actual subjects I have, then I wouldn't have any time to do anything. So um, it definitely affected my hobby, yeah. And what about you, Ayo? Growing up, I always enjoyed reading and writing. But then going through the HSC, I was doing English, business, economics and geography, which were all heavily essay based. Mm -hmm. And you had chapters upon chapters of reading. And when you got to a point where like I was falling behind or I was burnt out and I couldn't bring myself to do all of this work, it impacted my ability to enjoy reading the books I wanted to read or using writing as something that had always been there for me as like a tool of expression because I just associated them with all of the studying that I was like stressing about. And while studying is so good for you and it is extremely beneficial, if you're struggling with how to do it, anything that reminds you of like what you're supposed to be doing will, will suffer. Yeah, I always enjoyed reading. I always enjoyed writing. And now I directly associated them with the things that were similar in form but different in the way that they connected to me and so I stopped reading for a long time and it was something I was so upset about and impacted me a lot and I really wanted to get into it but I didn't have the time because if I had set aside time to sit there and read I wouldn't be able to enjoy it and the whole purpose of why reading was so important to me was ever since I was little it was something that I did I would wind down through reading. I'm just seeing this like movie in my head as I'm reading. So it would be like a form of escaping all of that stress and worry. And so it impacted my ability to do this thing that comforted me for so long because Mm. if I would do it, I would just be like, okay, I'm meant to be doing this other task. I'm meant to be reading these seven chapters of geo business and economics. (laughs) And I have all of these essays to write. And it took me a while to get back into it after HSE and to like separate the two. Alhamdulillah, I did. But it did impact my ability to enjoy those escapes and tools of expression that I had always relied on growing up. True. And I I found that because I had similar hobbies to you, I also found difficulty in picking them back up afterwards. Because, for example, with writing, I can confidently say that I do not ever recall struggling to start writing a poem or a journal entry or anything like that that was personal. However, when it came to all of the HSC content, when it came to writing essays for HSC, because there was such a high standard and I was expected to write at a higher level uh, than I was in junior years, when I came to write, I would think, okay, I have to put my best into this and it just wouldn't come out. It, it spilled over into my personal writing. Yeah. And so I struggled to even pick up the pen at some points. I would go months where before I used to write constantly, I would go months without writing anything. I would go months without reading anything. As you were both talking, all of it is kind of a combination of this one specific thing. And it might sound odd as a hobby, but I really enjoy learning. I just enjoy learning facts about different things, just random information, consuming it from all different sources, hearing anecdotes of uh, you know things that happened in history um, from my parents, from my relatives, from my grandparents. I love learning in general. I love seeing things practically done in front of me. I I love, for example, when it comes to cooking, 
Um, I love seeing the chemistry that goes into cooking or um, I love seeing the engineering that goes into the work that my dad puts into his garden. All of these things, I love seeing it. I love learning. After HSC, it's not that I started to resent learning at all. I still loved learning. It just became so much more tolling. There was an expectation behind everything that I was learning, like I was going to be examined or that I was going to have to recall all of this information later. And because of all the stress uh, that came with learning, I kind of became dejected and I learned a lot less during that time. And I'm now just starting to learn different kinds of content. I'm starting to pick up the habit of memorizing again. And I'm still a little bit rusty, but I'm trying to persevere. I'm trying to get back to the person that I was before HSC. And I think that basically sums up burnout, is just trying to get back to the person that you were before all of these things hit you. Yeah. That was very similar to me. Growing up, I always enjoyed learning about new things, the things that people love, and when they explain them or they talk about them or they show you them, I love to learn those processes. But then when you're in school, I would just feel like I love to learn, but now I'm getting assessed on everything I'm I'm learning. Mm. So it would be like the process would change because, like you said, you're learning less because you're focusing on like, okay, well, now I'm going to be assessed on this. You can't just enjoy it to enjoy it. It's not even necessarily that I'm going to get graded on the information that I'm learning. It's also about how am I expressing this information? Am I expressing it in a way that the grader is going to enjoy reading? Yeah. Because it's more so you just like to retain information. You like to know things um, and you like to share them with other people. But when it comes to writing in a certain format, sometimes that can just kind of take away from what you enjoyed so much about learning a certain thing. Yeah, exactly. Because you're going to have different markers and what's going to appeal to them is going to be so different and you can't really know or know what to expect. And so you're you're not focusing on what you're learning anymore. You're focusing on how am I going to rephrase this to make said random anonymous marker happy. And it just takes away the the enjoyment that you had previously focused on about wanting to learn new things, wanting to branch out into different areas and just increase what you know. And it, it could even be something that you don't intend to make a whole career out of. It's just something you enjoy and something that you find interesting. But then as soon as the pressure of, well, now I'm assessed on it, my brain would just shut down. Yeah. Some advice to everyone that's listening, um, whether you're a HSC student or not yet or have already been or have never been, whoever you are. I think it's very important to note that you're constantly learning. Yeah. You're constantly going through whatever it is, even if you're not in a formal education, you're constantly learning. Every day you learn something. And I guess the advice that I want people to take away from what I said about loving learning, loving to put what you've learned into practice as well, that you do them for you and you don't do them again for the praise of other people. Because sometimes you will be talking to someone and they will want to share something with you about a topic that you already know. And I know myself personally, when approached with such a person, I like to weigh in. I like to show that I'm educated on the topic. And sometimes it's good to just be a listener because you never know what you will learn if you just let the person speak and you don't show the person that you're educated on a topic. Because I know myself, when someone is educated on a topic and I'm speaking to them, I'm more likely to withhold things that I would assume they already know. Yeah. So always be open to learning about something, even if you have to seem ignorant in front of someone to do it. Yeah. People perceive things so differently and everyone is different. The things they could take from something and the things you could take from something could be so different and you just share them and then you learn even more Mm. and you just expand your horizons or you open up your perspective to more possibilities and it's such a nice feeling like it's just nice to learn new things yeah yeah Yeah, and I think that's why uh, teaching each other is such a good study tactic in HSC like not only do you learn uh, from someone who's at your level and who's able to explain it at your level but you also might learn something that they caught in a class that you weren't in yeah and they get to teach it back to you they relate information to you of a class that you would have missed yeah so it's like cross-checking your work exactly yeah a lot of people myself included they had a notion that because you're so used to being graded and put in a certain rank, yeah. um, you, sometimes you think yourself so used to achieving above certain people that you would think that they don't really have much to teach you. I really criticised that way of thinking, even though it was me that had it. 
don't ever underestimate uh, how much someone can teach you just because they don't necessarily always score as high as you. And that could be for multiple reasons. Yeah. It could be because they don't write at the level that they're expected to, but the information is there. So you have to consider someone has something to teach you. Someone might be a better writer than you, but they're not getting all of the information down in their question. So you really don't know why this person ranks above you or below you. So always be open to um, learning from your classmates, teaching them. We were so energized while teaching because it adds a practical element to theory work. It was just like... They were some of my fondest memories. Group collaboration. It was so nice. It was so nice to see. I never thought I would have fond memories of studying for HSC. (laughs) Genuinely. I mean, it was, as we said, like our topic for today is burnout because it's such a prevalent thing in HSC students is you just feel depleted, pitiful of yourself and everything that could have come of you and you didn't get the chance to um, see your full potential because you burnt out. And that is sad. But I also have very fond memories and especially of biology because it is such a content-heavy subject. It is very overwhelming. But when you share the workload, and you're supposed to, because you're all working together, you all influence each other, whether it's academically or socially or in whatever way, you have to work together. I feel like sometimes people misunderstand the entire concept of working together during HSE because they might feel like if we're working together that it's going to set me back or I'm not focusing on myself too much but in truth the more you work together it's going to benefit each of you individually much more than it would if it's every man for himself Mm. or every student for themselves so I think it's just like be open to it work as a group work collaboratively the rankings and the marks and all of these boxes that people are in don't become that. Don't now look at your classmates and be like, okay, this person isn't going to be a high achiever. I'm not going to take from them. Or this person is, I'm just going to stick to them the entire time. Mm. Work together because everyone has something to offer. Sometimes people that were perceived as the lower achievers in the class or not really necessarily high achievers, I found were better at explaining some things and teaching concepts than those who were considered the top achievers in the class. I mean, I agree with what both of you were saying. It is extremely important to have like that verbal element when you're learning or when you're studying. Instead of keeping everything in your head or just relying on pen and paper, um, it's definitely important to have some form of communication, like as you said, teaching each other. I feel like, as you said, everyone has to work together. It's not something that's an individual effort. And when you find that you're working together, you're all jointly understanding the information it's like a more fruitful outcome for all of you. Yeah. It feels more encouraging as a whole. You, f- you yeah. all feel encouraged to succeed. Yeah, exactly. You feel supported mm. and understood. Exactly. Like thinking back to myself in the HSC, I never used to engage in any kind of thing like that. I was always, let's say, in my room or studying on my own. Um, and I did have, there was some verbal element, but it was always that I was teaching myself if I was teaching anyone. And now that I look back at it, I think to myself that probably wasn't the most effective form of studying yeah very well said yeah mashallah and i do have plenty more questions however i think we covered so much in this episode about a variety of things actually so um i thank you both and if you want to share a final word to the coming hsc cohorts i invite you to do so maybe we'll start with you aya quickly going back to something that was said earlier about the rankings and everything like that during your hsc time and this period that your cohort is going through I think it is so important to steer away from sarcastic jokes, retorts and branding people as specific things because it could seem like a joke to one person, but if somebody really struggles with their self-esteem or the way that they perceive themselves or they are very doubtful of themselves and their abilities, then this one comment that you made and now is a running joke it will impact them so much. You didn't even put any forethought into this comment that you wanted to make. Keep the environment healthy and steer away from these jokes because you don't understand the effect it could have on someone. And had you ever made this joke, amend it and go and apologise in private. Just go to this person one-on-one. Also, to prioritise your studies as much as your studies should be prioritised. At the end of the day, it's a yearly exam. You're getting tested on everything you've learned throughout this time period. Study the same way you would a yearly exam. Some people think HSC is the bigger picture, but it's really not. No. What you get out of HSC is very important. If all you got out of your HSC, and I mean all that you got, yeah, exactly. the only change or the only acknowledged achievement that you received during your HSC period is that you got an ATAR of whatever it is, 
that's quite disappointing for you. You missed the whole point, the whole learning journey. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you didn't get that, if you didn't get the desired ATA, you didn't get straight into the course that you wanted to. And again, there are so many avenues if you don't get straight there. Yeah. Um, you can go into so much and it might be the best thing for you. I've heard time and time again. Exactly. So many people wanted to get into a course, didn't get into it, found a different pathway. And actually it was mentioned in one of the previous episodes and it was the best thing for them. They do not regret it. They were so happy with it. If you found that you are a better person walking out of your HSC than you were walking in, then you got exactly what you were supposed to out of your HSC. So well put. So all these jokes... We should outgrow them well before we step foot into year 11. But if we haven't yet, let us outgrow them soon. If not by year 11, then by year 12. If not by year 12, then by the end of year 12. Yeah. Excellent advice. And Dana, uh, final words to the HSC cohorts. I, th- I guess what my final advice would be is exactly like agreeing, first of all, with what Aya said. Um, the second thing is not to take your HSC exam, the actual exam, as like a determinant for what your worth is. And I think that's also what Aya said. I mean, if you think about it, it's based on your performance on that one day. Obviously, there are internal like assessments that you have to do. Um, and there are like other internal exams that you do at school. But a large percentage of the HSC mark is determined by the actual exam that you have to do on one single day. And so not everybody performs their best on a random day. Sometimes they they might perform better on one day mm. in comparison to another where they could perform much lower or yeah. much worse, rather. So I do think that don't take it too much to heart and um, follow a process that we all follow when we're tackling any kind of situation, which is that you should take by the causes and at the end of the day, rely on Allah. Whatever's going to happen at the end of the day, you know, it's what Allah Ta'ala ruled for to be. So study as much as you can for the HSC. Take by the causes and rely on Allah. And I wish you all luck, inshallah. All right, well, thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Dear HSC listeners, this series was dedicated to you. So take from it whatever you wish and keep in mind that there is no one way to get through HSC. Advice can be good, and yet you are still making your own way through it all and learning most everything on your own. The intent of the series was to give some guidance during a famously challenging stage in an individual's life. You will likely face many such stages, persevere, and take everything that you possibly can from them. And one day, you can bring peace of mind to the ones who walk your path as we hope to have brought to you. Best wishes to the coming cohorts for the ATAR and beyond. Being a HSC student can be stressful. It can be extremely humbling and time-consuming. It takes a lot of self-discipline, energy, patience and persistence. Particularly in such a time where many people advance in their taste, physiology and maturity, it can all seem like too much to bear. The crushing weight of expectations can be paralyzing. Stop. For one second, breathe. Realize that this is just the start of your journey. Pace yourself and know this. The milestones that matter are in the lessons that decorate the mind and not the certificates that decorate the walls. The experience has much more to give you than any mark. The journey is often more fruitful than the destination. So join us as we trek together on a journey beyond the ATAR.